Yes, folks, it's 2 p.m. in California, 5 p.m. East Coast, 4 p.m. Central, and 3 p.m. Mountain. It's Thursday, May 9th. I'm Fred McMurray, and this is the Pillars of Franchising, broadcasting the secrets of success in franchising. I'm with my co-host, Ray Pillar and Holly A. Ford. Ray, Holly, how you doing? Good. Awesome. Good. Cl- cloudy so, weather here. Ah, uh, Ray jumps in. It's yeah, might as well. It's uh, 56 degrees right now, which is perfect for me. I like the cooler weather. Not looking forward to the summer. I hate the summer. The hot weather, sweaty weather. And where are you? How about you, Holly? You didn't ask her the weather. I'm in Cincinnati here. Good. All right. I was just going to say, if you're in Cincinnati. I'm re- oh, do it. Do it. I'm working on it. Let do me it. alone. <laughs> <laughs> I am transmitting live here from the Fuel Collection. Our collective is a uh, franchise, actually, a collective workspace here in Cincinnati, Ohio, owned by the St. Gregory Group, a franchise source. So um, this is this is a fun a fun day for me. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> so we've gotten so. out of our way. Well, yeah, I can I tell you, the, a <laughs> um, the Cincinnati person, who else would I be calling a turkey? Yeah. <laughs> ah, did you say that? Oh. Yes, oh, I did. Wow. You know? Wow, Johnny Fever, whatever. So I can tell you here in California, it's not sunny. It's like really overcast, and it's actually really good hoodie weather. Um, and the Pacific is just totally flat, um, but no whales, so I won't be going, hey, there's whales. So got a great show. Um, actually, some news on the network. We were supposed to launch yesterday uh, a new radio show on Link Local Network, um, the Expressive Mom out of Miriam Slosberg out of Toronto. She had some uh, technical difficulties yesterday, but she'll be – uh, bringing her insights as a progressive, expressive mom, uh, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific. So you can tune in at linklocalnetwork.com, which is a quick reminder to our listeners, you can either dial in at 323-580-5755 to ask questions, or for the people that are already sitting on the Pillars of Franchising website, holy crap, um, and there's a whole lot of you out there. Um, you can... Uh, Send chat messages, and we'll get your questions answered. Um, wow, I told you there was quite a few. There's five times as many now as there was before. Whoa, go us. So who's our first <laughs> guest, Ray? Well, I'd like to welcome to the show David Alexander, who's the CEO of High Achievers. Welcome to the show, David. I am excited to be here. If all the thousands of people listening to this show right now would have just been here for the antics that happened over the last 30 minutes, and we could have grabbed that, that would have been really <laughs> cool. But, you know, what? maybe we'll just have to make it happen over the next few minutes, right? 
Well, that's yeah. fine. Well, we got get... to save something for the show, you know. <laughs> I will tell you that I did get about 15 seconds of video recorded. <laughs> oh, no. I agree. That's, that's wonderful. I wonder which 15 seconds that was. <laughs> is, is, is that with all the hand gestures? I'm no, but <laughs> so for our listeners. Yeah, who's, our... whose career is ending today? Whoever pisses me off. I make my career on this. Are you kidding? <laughs> Whoever pisses me off, yeah. Um, I will tell our listeners is that if you're part of the Zoom call, um, co-hosts are supposed to be wearing headgear. One of us is not. However, Dave is the first guest to actually opt into way, um, wearing headgear. So congratulations, David. He- you're number one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be number one at something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, where David, are you? Where are you, at, where are you at? Bingo. I am yeah, in the great city of Marietta, Georgia, which is uh, right outside of Atlanta, actually. And you guys are all talking about the weather and the gray and the cold and everything. It is an absolutely beautiful day here in Atlanta, Georgia. It is uh, 72 degrees right now. I would tell you the humidity, but you might think I was a nerd if I like started telling you all that. Um, but it's a beautiful day here. Uh, I've already been out, did my workout today, you know, because I am running a lifestyle brand. We're supposed to do things like that, right? And uh, so that's that's it, Marietta, Georgia. Wow. Okay. That's cool. All right. So. Let's get out of pillars of weather and go into pillars of franchising. <laughs> David, <laughs> tell us okay. about it. Actually, just, just to, before, you, before you leave pillars of weather, actually, um, I do think that Jim Cantori has the coolest job on earth. Just, I mean, just so I can say that. I hope he listens to this and maybe calls <laughs> me. I just want to go on one of his trips at some point. I want to be in the middle of the hurricane at some point just to have that experience. <laughs> I know that's not what today's about. But uh, but anyways, I want to feel as a Careful franchise. what you wish for. <laughs> I've actually been in Florida when a hurricane went past, so I've been there. Um, you're the CEO of High Achievers. Why don't you start off, tell us what that is, what you do, and who's interested. And then Holly will ask you a real complex question. Okay, great. So <laughs> High Achievers, we're actually just starting um, as High Achievers. I have been in franchising for over 20 years. Uh, I've owned uh, franchises of three different brands over the years, multiple units, many different units, actually, in, gosh, I think six states uh, over the over the course of my career. Uh, so I built High Achievers really uh, to be a company that allows local small businesses to go to the next level of success. And what we do is we build a lot of people call these mastermind groups or peer advisory boards called Catalyst is, is the brand name for it in our company. And we bring together these entrepreneurs in the local areas, uh, put them in a room and, you know, through a facilitator uh, that the franchisee facilitates these meetings, uh, you know, they share wisdom, they share guidance, they talk about challenges, they support each other. I mean, we take entrepreneurship from being this lonely endeavor to surrounding our entrepreneurs with people who really care and will like go deep and help uh, help each other out, do whatever it takes uh, to make it happen. Uh, and and I, what really inspired it for me is I've actually been a part of a mastermind group for 17 years myself, and I've always thought over the years, you know, I, I would love to like give 
you know, make this type of opportunity available for, you know, small local businesses uh, in the communities uh, that they serve. We back that up with a coaching program uh, called Nextpert Coaching. We have over 30 coaches on our team uh, that are specialized business coaches. And so if our franchisees have a member uh, of their Catalyst Mastermind program that has a more complex or advanced issue uh, that they need to discuss, or maybe they're expanding or doing something that's pretty complex, uh, we can connect them with the right coach on our team to solve that specific uh, issue. And that's one of the things that makes us a little different from other companies out there that run mastermind uh, programs. And we just started franchising, actually. Uh, we have our first franchise that just launched in the Chicago area. We're getting ready to launch our second one in the Charlotte area. And uh, hopefully uh, many more to follow uh, this year. Holly. That is fantastic. So technically you are franchising the concept of supporting franchises. Is that correct? Uh, no, we're, I mean, we're franchising the concept of supporting local small businesses, you know, giving them the okay, guidance, the business intelligence. Of, c- correct. Yeah. Now, you know, of course we will have members of our mastermind programs that own franchises. Uh, as a matter of fact, we've, had other brands reach out to us and say, hey, can you, you know, do what you do within our brand? Uh, we haven't gone down that road yet because that's more of a supplier kind of relationship, you know, one thing at a time. Uh, but, but no, we, we support, you know, the local painter, the local, you know, insurance agent, the local business owner, uh, you know, to, to build the business of their dreams. Fantastic. So, so what would you say would be a differentiator between you and other, and other coaching programs out there? You know, I understand the, the Catalyst Mastermind, first of all, that name or that title, that's totally unique. Catalyst Ma- Mastermind. Um, very, very creative. Is that your title, by the way? Was that your ingenuity there? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that was I my, like uh, well, that was kind, of the, t- that was kind of the team. Right. Correct. And that was kind of the team's ingenuity, actually. Um, I'm sort of the guy that like has the big idea and the team comes up with all the cool marketing sounding stuff uh, to make it happen. Uh, you know, I mean, my idea was just, you know, to, to build these peer advisory boards, build these groups in the right way to support local businesses. You know, the team came up with, with the name uh, actually, but you're right. I mean, catalyst, the catalyst for change, or even the definition of putting ingredients together. Sorry, you said the M word, which got you a pause. So, you know, <laughs> M word. What was the M word? Money? Marketing. No. <laughs> Marketing. Right. Money so doesn't what, get what an would you say would be the franchising? Yeah. No. Marketing money brings no, money marketing. to Fred. So you talk marketing, <laughs> you end up talking money to Fred. Fred cares about marketing. Fair enough. So marketing so that, gets you applause. Oh, I, I'll never get it back, will I? <laughs> so, Steve, that, that whole concept, though, tell me why you're different from the other coaches out there to, to assist business owners. I, I love, I know, I saw you have extensive work with BNI groups. You ran one of the largest BNI groups in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is that how this kind of brainchild came to be? And, and tell me how it's different, please. Yeah, well, we're actually dramatically different uh, from BNI. BNI was actually one of the past franchise uh, systems that I own, uh, and I'm actually I'm a member of BNI uh, today. It's a great way to market your business. 
No, but BNI really focuses on the idea of generating referrals for the, for the business owner. You know, whereas we work on the entire business concept. You know, what happens in business oftentimes, and, and you know, I know the entrepreneurs that are listening to this will, will get this, oftentimes we have this great idea, you know, this vision, this thought that, of this business we want to open, and we open it because we're good at something. You know, maybe we're good at painting houses or we're good at fixing cars or we're good at whatever it is that we're good at. And we launch this business, and then we realize three years into it, if it survives, uh, that we have a job, you know, because we're working all the time. We're, we not, aren't making the money we thought we would make. We don't have the teams in place that we need. And so we come alongside that business owner with our coaching team and our mastermind programs uh, really to help them solve all of those critical issues. A recent client that just joined us actually uh, asked him, you know, why he, he joined and uh, his answer was, because you said that you teach people how to take six weeks of vacation. That's like one of the things I do. It's like, it's like really important to me to take six weeks off every year. And I don't know why six weeks is just what it is. Um, you know, so I think we can, like, teach people to truly have that lifestyle that they thought they would have when they started their business some time ago. But maybe it's a little different than they thought it would be. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's fantastic. Thank you. Ray? I, I was I was thinking of uh, how, how really cool it is because I, I belong to a lot of organizations who have like-minded people in them, you know, either business owners or in my case, mm-hmm. I have a, a class A coach, so I belong to the, the, the brand. And I feel I gained so much from that and, and and like going to the uh events that my franchise holds uh, I think I've gained more knowledge going to these events than any other thing so I feel just getting together with people who are like minded in this case business owners that it's a tremendous asset to them and then having as you say the mastermind group wow that means that's can I assume the best of the best out there in in your group yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what happens is people will build these mastermind groups with people like themselves. You know, we have one, for example, that meets right here at my office uh, that are, it's made up of all solopreneurs. I mean, all these people are like one person type companies and they're trying to figure out how to go from you know one person to five to ten. You know, so they're all working together, helping each other with strategies, with marketing strategies even. <laughs> Only you get one the word clause. He did. Really? He got that first. Yeah. Now, if you're going to send strategies, here wait. Say it again. If you're going to send the the way to get the way to get more applause on marketing is to say, Fred, I'm sending you a marketing client, and you get all kinds of applause. (laughs) He has no shame. Okay. (laughs) I understand now. It's 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 good. It's good to know the rules. But um, but anyways, you know, you've seen those business owners like work together, sharing strategies, sharing wisdom, helping each other out is really powerful. Uh, but we'll also we also have groups forming, for example, that have a, the criteria of you have to have five employees, you know, to be a part of the group. Uh, we're getting ready to launch a group actually in Atlanta uh, that the criteria is going to be uh, that you're expanding and diversifying, you're going regional, going global. So this is going to be larger companies uh, that are involved. Uh, so it's really important for the members of whatever group it is uh, to have some strong commonality with each other so that they can help each other with business strategy, marketing ideas, 
uh, issues, challenges, you know, and, and, and really grow. Um, and like I said earlier, this is really inspired by the fact that I've been a member of a, a mastermind group myself for 17 years. And that group of people will do and has done whatever it takes to help me be successful. And I've reciprocated and returned that favor. Um, you know, I mean, it's we're in the age of disconnection in some ways. And, and when you can, like, bring a group of people together powerfully like that, let them help one another, uh, it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing to see and experience. And so that's you know, what the franchisees do, by the way, is they build these local catalyst groups in their, in their franchise. I got to say, you network like a pro. You should write a book. <laughs> yeah, where oh, did wait. you – where did you uh, – <laughs> I know I know nobody can see like this, but where did you get that idea from? I don't know. Maybe your LinkedIn <laughs> bio and figuring you should send me a copy so I can talk about it later, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Do I, wait, do I do – I, do I, do I, if, I, if I send you a copy, do I get more applause? You will – if you send me a copy – you will not only get a, a applause, but you'll also get a, a shout out on another show. Um, so yeah, and it's I will, so I will actually sign. I will sign this copy and send it to you. Wow! And it will it'll be, be worth three. It'll it'll be worth three dollars on eBay after I sign it. It's uh, worth twenty it now. Works for me. Hey, um, we had a guest on. Um, she sent me a copy of her new book, and, and I thanked her for it on on the. Um, the show, and I said, the only problem I got is that you didn't sign it, so that means 20 years from now, what's my granddaughter going to do? She's going to have this book that's unsigned, and you know, how's she going to go into Pawn Stars and, and sell it then? So tell us about your book, Networking <laughs> yeah. Like a Pro. It was the number one book, wasn't it? It was the number one book, actually. Uh, I wrote this book, actually, back in my BNI days uh, with two co-authors. Uh, one was Ivan Meisner, who's actually the founder of BNI, uh, and another uh, gentleman here, uh, a friend of mine, actually, Brian Hilliard. And really, the idea was we felt like that people were networking all wrong. And, you know, kind of the concept is, well, I'll just kind of share this with you. So here, here's the thing. How many of you, like, go to networking events, right? everybody at some point gets drugged into a networking event. And when you get to the networking events, uh, how many of you there are like, you're there to, to sell something, I mean, to buy something rather, not sell something, to buy something? Nobody. Um, but everybody shows up hoping to sell something. And so I would go to all these networking events and walk away, you know, with 800 business cards jammed in my pocket because somebody's trying to sell me something. And, you know, this, this kind of occurred to me, that's, just, that's not really how it works. I mean, it's about connection. It's about human connection. It's about relationships. It's about building long-term relationships. So that's really what the book is about, um, just helping people, you know, kind of go to the pro level, go to the next level of, of networking. I mean, the reality is I have a network where I could probably ask for pretty much anything, anytime, anywhere, and somehow get it done. Um, you know, and that's really valuable, and that's not something that, that you do, you know, in a day or a week or a month or a year. I mean, it takes a lifetime uh, to build those right kind of connections. I totally, totally agree with you on that one. Um, so this is my – I'm one of those people that when I go to a networking event, I almost – the only time I give out a card is if somebody asks me for it. I hate people walking around giving cards out, and I figure if somebody really wants one, they're going to ask me one. There are those who say I'm cheap because I don't want to give out cards, but, you know, I mean, why bother? <laughs> <You are>. give... 
What can I say? Holly, you got a question? <laughs> yeah, I've got one. Hey, David, um, amongst the shenanigans here. Hey, I, I really, I'm curious about your concept. Uh, what, what does it take to get into that concept? What, what, what's your buy-in? What's the all-in cost? How does somebody, um, you know, get involved with your franchise and buy a franchise? Tell, tell us what's going on there. Well, that is a great question, and uh, I feel like I'm doing a little shameless self-promotion here. But uh, but since you opened the door, I will oh, walk French right shameless. through. You can do it. It's all good. <laughs> uh, so what does it take to, to get involved with <laughs> with us? Um, we actually, we're like I said a few minutes ago, we're just starting uh, franchising. You know, we brought together a key team of leaders uh, recruited all of our coaches, built our software platform called My Achievement Dashboard, which does things, by the way, like track action items, tracks goals, tracks accountabilities. Tra- I mean, you know, does all the things that, that you need to do to go to the next level in business. Um, you know, hired the corporate team and did all that and started franchising uh, last year. So, I mean, it's really wide open uh, for us right now. Uh, our franchises are based on uh, businesses, small businesses uh, that are within a local marketplace, and it costs uh, the initial franchise fee is $40,000 uh, to get involved uh, with high achievers. There are some training fees and whatnot uh, as well. Uh, we actually did something, and here's the no funny overhead, thing, too. So I shared with you uh, very little overhead. Uh, here's the funny thing about uh, this whole idea is, you know, I was a franchise for 20 years, right? And so as we were building our FDD and building our franchise agreements, I did all of it like in the eyes of being a franchisee, like what I would want. And I was constantly battling my attorney. You know, well, you can't do this. You can't do that. Well, why can't I do this? I'm the franchise. I can do whatever I want to do. Uh, you know, so long story short, we actually have a really <laughs> incredibly fair franchise agreement, I think. You know, one of the things that I, I guess – experienced and, and saw over the years. I was also involved in, in some franchise associations. I was on steering committees of different associations. So I've seen like a million FDDs. And, you know, and I know I'm going to get in trouble probably with my franchise or peer. Yeah, it, it was bad. Um, I know I'm going to get in trouble with my franchise or peers, but like all of these FDDs are so one-sided. Um, I mean, it's all about like the franchisor and what they need. Um, you know, and so I think we've built like a really fair uh, and balanced system. I mean, we do stupid things like, for example, as the franchise revenue goes up, the royalties go down. Who does that? You know, many agreements is like the opposite. Um, so anyways, I mean, that's, I don't want to go off on a whole tangent about my feeling of like how bad FDDs are. But, um, but I mean, we put a lot of thought into it. You know, we're just starting our franchise concept. And if you know anybody that wants to do this in their local town, uh, call me, text me, email me. Call me in the middle of the night. You know, franchise development, I am always available <laughs> for a conversation. Oh, I love it. <laughs> how many units do you have going right now, David? How uh, many, many units exactly, do you have right now? We have exactly one unit right now. Um, All we right. actually. The, like I say, we just started. Uh, we have one unit uh, operational. We have five company-run units that we've started ourselves uh, as company-run areas. And we have a lady coming on board that just uh, it was in the final process of buying five units. So by the end of the next month, we'll actually have awesome. between company-run units and our franchisees will be over 10 units, um, which is, big, uh, which is really big good, really good start for us. 
territories are based on up to 15, excuse me, 16,000 small businesses in a territory. So oh, it fantastic. totally depends, you know, on, on like yeah, the demographics. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah, we didn't like to, um, we didn't want to do it on population because we just felt like that would be unfair, you know, because somebody's going to, you know, have Wyoming, right? <laughs> and somebody's going to have, you know, Atlanta. That's just, it's like, there's just something fundamentally unfair about right. that. And so, you know, that, that's why we did it, you know, based on actual small businesses. So some of the geographic areas could be huge, you know, and some of the geographic areas can be tiny, you know, depending on, um, you know, the, the businesses in that area. Hey, Fred. So, so Fred. for all the folks, hey, yeah, I, I, I think know the, the, lights, the lights are blinking. It's time to pay the electric bill. We're going to pay the electric bill. And I just want to shout out to all of our Wyoming listeners. Don't call me to complain. I didn't say. It. Usually I am. Um, I'm not the one who insulted you. Usually I am. So not me this time. So we want to thank the Link Local Network for carrying our show. Remind our callers, and we have actually got at least one questioner sitting on the the uh, quiet line listening. And there's all of you people on the website, and I can see quite a few of you there. Uh, chat message your questions or dial in at 323-580-5755 that's 323-580-5755 and now a word from our first sponsor are you thinking about opening a business whether you're in transition from a corporate job looking to generate investment income add to your existing business or just too young to retire come to the great american franchise expo and explore your options Meet face-to-face with dozens of franchise executives representing dozens of quality brands. A wide range of price points and ownership models are available. Attend our free seminars on accounting, real estate, and marketing. Franchise law experts will be there to answer your questions, and banks are on hand to discuss loans and financing. The first 100 attendees will receive free VR goggles. For free tickets, visit www.franexpousa.com. The Great American Franchise Expo, coming to a city near you in 2019. Check our website for schedules. And to reinforce what Abel said, the next uh, Great American Franchise Expo is coming up uh, May 18th and 19th at the Cobb Galleria in Atlanta. So uh, you can find out more at franexpo.com. Are you going, David? I mean, that's close to you, isn't it? Uh, I actually did. I did not even know about it until right now. So I'm I'm not sure if I'm going or not, but I will definitely uh, spread it to my team. Okay, and then make sure you you have them t- walk up to Abel um, and uh, tell them you heard about it on the Great America. Sorry, Pillars of Franchising. So I'm going to go back to the FDD. Absolutely. Um, let's let's talk FDDs. Um, are they the uh, greatest cure known to mankind for insomnia, or are they a useful document? So. If they're a useful document, what three parts of an FDD would you recommend somebody read first? You know, I actually have given that a lot of thought, um, and I think it is – I think it's a document that people tend to ignore and not really go through that carefully um, because, I mean, you get an FDD from a company and you have you know, 300 pages. I actually saw one the other day. It's 800 pages. I about passed out. Uh, you know, you get all this document. I mean, who wants to go through it? Um, 
one of the things that we're actually doing with ours is we're just starting to highlight some areas that might be important uh, for people to look at. And, you know, for me, if I were buying a franchise, you know, let's say I'm out of high achievers, whatever, I'm buying a franchise or something else. Um, I would look at probably, you know, like growth of the system, you know, are, are they stagnant? Are they growing? Are they declining? You know, what's the situation there? Uh, obviously the item 19, you know, which talks about franchise revenues would be of interest. Uh, I would look for litigation, you know, is, has there been litigation within the franchise system, you know, and, and if there has, if there has been litigation, why, you know, what, you know, what happened you know, cause in some cases it may be somewhat innocuous in other cases it could be, you know, pretty significant. Um, what else would I look for? Uh, obviously the finance, I mean, not like the financial part necessarily, but I'd look really examine the royalty structures, the fee structures, uh, make sure, uh, that those uh, that those all made sense uh, as well. And if somebody uh, asked me, by the way, if uh, I think it's a great idea to build a franchise system, I'd say run the other way. Um, you know, this is like a one time. <laughs> this is like a one time uh, thing that I I have done uh, I, when I when I read the manual of, of uh, how to build a franchise system. Nobody told me how incredibly difficult it would be to actually do it. Um, you know, but I, I think that the, the hidden element with that conversation is, um, you know, a lot of work goes into these franchise systems. A lot of effort goes into it. And I think most companies you know, really have a desire and a passion uh, to help people experience business ownership. You know, and as a franchisor, if you can give people the structure systems and support that they need, uh, then you're fixing a lot of problems, right? You know, I mean, and when you we get a franchise up and running, you get a few people put to work, you start making an impact on the community, uh, things start to shift, things start to change. Um, you know, it's just, I mean, a lot of work goes into building a franchise system right. That's probably more than what you're looking for, but there you have it. Oh, no, you're, you're going to make it into the upcoming Pillars of Franchising Advanced Adventures in Franchising Fun book. So don't worry. That there's a whole reason why I ask these questions. Yeah, what? Ray, go for yeah. it. Take your question. Well, I, I was wondering, uh, uh, from what I understand at High Achievers, you have a focus on culture and brand, and why is that? Uh, we have a really extreme focus on that. As a matter of fact, you know, we're uh, working on writing a book uh, around this idea of having a cultural covenant. And so here's the thing, everybody, like every franchise system that's worth, you know, worth their salt uh, should have a mission, vision, core values, you know, that sort of stuff in place, right? Uh, and everybody should have that really. But you can actually take it a step further. Uh, and something that we've done in our own company is we've designed, you know, and even that, I mean, we're a tiny company, right? I mean, we're just getting started you know, we have less than 50 people involved in our whole organization uh, right now. But even with a small team like that, we felt like it was critical to design what we call the High Achievers Covenant. And this is like intentional relationship design. And I actually share some of it with you. Um, you know, for example, some of the items that are in our covenant are uh, we support one another in the team decision. Now, that means if the team makes a decision and you think it's the craziest thing ever, um, if the team made it and you're part of that team, then you go with it. You make it happen. You support the team. You do, what it, you do whatever it takes, right? Uh, we communicate authentically at all times. So it's okay to tell the team you think it's crazy and the stupidest idea you've ever heard. But, oh, by the way, you're going to go along with it because that's part of, of the covenant. 
Um, you know, we respect each other's ideas and feelings. Uh, we trust each other uh, with responsibilities. You know, so if somebody gets assigned a project or an action or something, uh, I mean, they own it, and, and they, we reinforce that. And we believe in a process of continuous improvement. Uh, we help each other be accountable. We, we commit to harmony within our team. You know, we celebrate success. You know, and this isn't all of it, by the way. I, I don't want to, like, bore everybody with this whole thing. But, you know, the idea is if everybody that comes on board, you know, be it a franchisee, be it a, a team member, be it one of our coaches, uh, a partner in the company, whoever, uh, if they come on board and they fundamentally understand this covenant that we have in place, it, like, fixes all issues, you know, because if there's an issue, we have the framework to handle it. Um, and so that's why I think, like, culture uh, is is really so critical. Um, I read an article just the other day. I hate to, I hate to quote things like this because I don't want to quote it wrong on a pro- podcast, but um, I believe it said something to the effect like 68% of employees, like people that work for companies are miserable. I don't think it used that term. But, you know, it's just talking about how unhappy uh, people are. Well, what an opportunity for franchising, right? I mean, if all these people are unhappy uh, out there, um, you know, it's probably because their culture sucks. Can I, ooh, can I say that when you're on the podcast? Um, yes, you can. You know, so, I mean, that's yeah. – okay, good. <laughs> um, you know, so, anyways, I just have a lot of energy towards this whole cultural thing, and I think it can be done right, and I think if it's done right early on, it's really key. Um, and I think you can even involve – into the right culture as an organization uh, with the right work and guidance. And, of course, we can help, like anybody that's listening uh, that has a toxic culture, give us a call. We would be happy to have that conversation with you. We, we've talked oh. a lot about culture on the on show, and uh, I, I just want to make this statement. Changed. I feel that a high, a, high, a good culture is going to become increasingly important important as uh, employ employment in this country increases because it's going to be harder mm-hmm. and harder for people to get good employees if they have if they have a toxic culture they're they're going to have a, a revolving door at their office and of course it's going to it's it's uh, uh, your business will fail essentially if, if you if you have a high turnover of your employees so I think it's extremely important. Sorry, Holly, I'll let you talk. Oh, you're good. That's a great comment. Go, uh, go ahead, Ray. I, I just have a question. <laughs> okay, Ray's yeah, voice changed there. Go ahead. He has his hat on, and you're treating him nicer than me. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> it's our culture to be, right. you know, <laughs> combative. David, we need some help here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. we'll, yeah, we'll, listen, we'll hey, set up the, love... the intervention webinar will be next week I'll send out the uh, credentials to log in uh, after our call intervention. Is, it <laughs> is it competitive can I win is there a way to win at yeah. that <laughs> that could, that could be good. part of the culture absolutely winning is good <laughs> I love it good David, I want to know what you want to do this year. End of the year, um, one year plan, three year plan. Obviously, you are an entrepreneur um, to the highest degree. The things you've done, your past, your history. I've looked at your profile and your biography. Um, tell, tell us what your goals are next. I'm excited to see what what you're doing, not just with this concept, but how you want this concept to grow and, and what you think it's going to look like. Like I said, one year, three or five years. 
Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking. You know, our goal really this year is to get uh, six to ten franchise units up and running, up and operational. And then at the end of the year, basically we want to um, just like take a step back, you know, catch our breath and see what's working and not what's not working. You know, the reality is I know there's going to be like a thousand things not working right, you know, and that we need to fix and adjust and correct. Um, you know, so we really want to be methodical uh, with that very early on uh, in our growth process. Make sure that the franchisees, you know, their data first dollar is really short, you know, that their franchises are growing the right way, you know, they're making the money they need to make. I mean, all that stuff works the right way. Uh, once that happens, then we want to scale up to 25 units uh, really, really quickly. Uh, you know, you hear this idea of royalty sustainability a lot in the franchise or industry. Uh, for us, that's where we sort of reach royalty sustainability uh, as a company. Um, and then once we get there, same sort of thing. We're going to take a step back, catch our breath, and you know, make sure our software is right, make sure this franchise is supported right, make sure everything is good. Uh, and then from that standpoint, uh, we really want to go big really fast. You know, we're shooting for 500 units uh, within five years. Uh, and since we're a service-based business that you can basically run off your cell phone, um, if you do it the right way, you know, we can go global very easily, you know, so, you know, I don't know if you have any international uh, listeners out there, but if you love small business and want to help entrepreneurs and you're in another country, uh, gosh, I sure would like to talk to you, um, you know, so, you know, so we're going to go global, uh, you know, within the next, you know, probably 24 months. Fantastic. Uh, I think we have. Had, yeah, we've had international listeners, haven't we, uh, Fred? Canada yes. and uh, other places, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. we have. Oh. Um, so your your word's getting out there already, amazingly enough. All right, so awesome. um, my question is, is uh, we've, we've had quite a few franchisees on the, the show, and uh, the normal question we ask a franchisee is what, what made you um, buy a franchise? And the, the, uh, what I would say is probably the number one answer was um, – uh, they wanted to, you know, have work-life balance. Um, they wanted to do their own thing, or they wanted to have their own business. They didn't want to work for somebody else, and that they liked the fact that it was a. And there are some that hate this phrase, but a business in a box. So uh, franchisees seem to like the uh, the system being handed to them. But when you look at the franchisor, the franchisor doesn't have that same mindset because they're somebody who's, you know, most likely started a business and then figured out, Hey, I can franchise this. Um, mm -hmm. What's how, how do you, how does your brain work differently than the people who are going to buy your franchise? Well, first of all, if anybody comes to me and says, I want to be an entrepreneur to get work life, work life balance, I suggest, Maybe there's something else they should consider. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, at least in the beginning, you may be correct there, right? Yeah. To me, work-life balance is working um, less than 80 hours a week, but that's beside the point. You don't have work-life balance. Right. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> no, actually, 
<laughs> Interesting. I'm 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 glad you brought this up as a conversation. Now, one of the things that we do uh, within like our own company, and we obviously do this for franchises as well, is it's important to focus on the entire human being, right? You know, before we were in our antics before the show started, I told you guys how pretty it was here in Atlanta, and you know, ran out and, and did a workout today already. Um, you know, we, we actually talk a lot about, you know, fitness. You know, we talk about a lot about health and nutrition. We talk about a lot about uh, family and social connections. You know, we talk a lot about uh, having fun, actually. Uh, we talk a lot about finances. We talk a lot about, uh, you know, faith and spirituality. I mean, all these things, like, make the whole person work right um, because the reality is I don't think there's such a thing as work-life balance and entrepreneurship. It's a freaking myth. Um, what I think you can have possibly is maybe harmony, right? You know, if you work 15 hours, you know, yesterday, like I actually did in Charleston, South Carolina, um, you know, take it easy today, right? I mean, just, just like have that balance, have that harmony, make sure, you know, that you're spending the time with your, you know, significant others, make sure that you're you know, focusing on yourself, make sure that you're taking the time that you need, uh, because all that, you know, I think is, is really critical. And the idea for us from a franchising standpoint is we want to buy fran- – we want to find franchisees that, that sort of buy into this. You know, we want to find franchisees that will really, you know, buy into our mission. You know, and our mission, you know, is simply inspiring people, igniting passion, creating profit, and making a local social impact in the communities where we operate. Um, you know, but but there is no – uh, balance, but I think there is harmony uh, in entrepreneurship. Ray? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Speaking of making an impact on the community, I'm going to be leaving uh, the show a little bit early today. I figured that's a good way to, to break that in. Uh, uh, one of the things that uh, my particular franchise does is we're, we're involved with uh, the, uh, domestic violence awareness, and the local shelter, Mutual Ground, is having an event in which I'm part of the advisory board. So I'll be leaving uh, here. I'll be leaving the show about in about 20 minutes, and uh, I just wanted to let everybody know that I won't be on for the entire show. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that you know, we did talk a little bit about culture and, and, and how important that is. But uh, what about branding? You mentioned something about that as well, and I, I just want to know if we have an opportunity to bring that up as well. Uh, sure. I think branding, you know, is, I mean, that's part of what a franchise buys, right, is, is the brand. And I'll tell you, that's also the biggest struggle, you know, as a, like an emerging brand like, like we are. I mean, just getting started, you know, it's building that brand the right way. But when it looks at brand, when I look at branding, I'm really thinking as crazy as this is, I'm like thinking six years from now, you know, what's going to be important brand-wise six years from now. And the way my crazy mind kind of thinks is, you know, right now, if I need to do something, I need to know the weather, I'll ask Alexa, hey, you know, what's the weather? If I want to listen to music, I'll ask Alexa, hey, you know, play some music. Um, you know, not too far down the road, I'm going to be asking Alexa to bring me a hamburger, right? Um, and if I just say I want a hamburger, guess what Alexa's going to do? Alexa's going to bring me an Amazon hamburger. You know, if I say, hey, Alexa, bring me a Moxie burger, then Alexa's going to bring me a Moxie burger. You know, and so I think, I mean, that's just a silly example, but I think brand 
is like so important. You know, even from an entrepreneurial standpoint, it, as tiny as my team is, we're actually working on Alexa skills right now because I want a small business owner to say, hey, Alexa, my Alexa's gone off like 15 times <laughs> since I've been saying this. Um, you know, hey, Alexa, you know, I need to fire an employee or, hey, Alexa, I need to, you know, hire a sales team. How do I do that? Um, you know, and I want us to provide that answer. That's out there a little ways, but the, the, the point is I, I think branding is really important. Uh, you know, High Achievers has actually been around a long time. I bought the company a couple of years ago, and quite honestly, I bought it for the brand. It was in a different line of business, actually, mm-hmm. um, and I've changed it into what it is today just because I like the whole idea of, you know, of achievement. You know, and achievement is not, it's not my definition, right? You know, it's your definition. I mean, what do you consider achievement? Maybe you consider achievement – you know, digging wells for a nonprofit, which I think would be awesome, right? You know, maybe somebody else, you know, considers achievement, uh, you know, t- to be a fancy yacht in islands. I don't know. I mean, it's it's like up to the individual to figure that out. I mean, Ray, obviously, you consider achievement, you know, giving back to your local community, which is which is awesome. Yep, buying an island. Uh, it, yeah. also, it also brings to mind. Uh, we're going to go to a commercial right after I make this statement. Is uh, you need to begin with the end in mind. And if you're thinking yeah. of, about of, of, about branding your product now, just starting out, that's the best time to start thinking about it. So you know it's, uh, and of course that's a quote from uh, Stephen Covey's book. But <laughs> Fred, <laughs> so we're plugging Covey now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Fred, uh, you want to go yeah. ahead and break to that commercial so the electricity stays on for another few minutes. Yeah, I'm going to. Reminder, you can call in and ask questions at 323-580-5755, or you can chat at the PillarsofFranchising.com website. And now a word from a second sponsor. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new move-ins to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine.com. And we're back in Holly. You got a question? Yeah, I do. David, I love everything you shared with us right now. It sounds like that you have a pulse on um, really doing things that impact not just, you know, community and local networks, but really nationally, internationally. You you mentioned some things about, you know, um, you know, the idea of, you know, digging a, digging a well, you know, all of the assistance work. What, what are your thoughts about social entrepreneurialism and, and outreach programs? that um, really do create change um, for the individuals there, but still uh, maintain profit margins? Uh, I think social entrepreneurialism and even like calls marketing, you know, is is really, really important. Um, You know, I really think that business can solve a lot of our problems. 
uh, you know, not to open up a political Pandora's box, but maybe we would all agree that the political comment's just interesting right now. Um, you know, no matter you know which side of the fence you're on. Uh, but I think businesses can like get in, dig in, and fix so many problems. Um, you, know, I was talking about uh, the well digging thing. You know, I'm connected with a company called Neverthirst, uh, and that's actually what they do. Um, you know, is they they you know they have built a organization you know they are a nonprofit but they're funded and supported through through a business uh to to build these wells and and you know really make an impact in the communities uh that they serve uh you know and even from our standpoint we haven't done this yet you know but part of our business plan is we're going to build a foundation you know and in that foundation we're going to support entrepreneurial ventures i mean my idea is we go in and we find a kid somewhere uh, who has the right skill set the right ideas you know, we fund them, we help them, we guide them. We use our whole team of 30 coaches, right, uh, to teach them how to build their business and make an impact. Oh, that's fantastic. David, I'm going to connect with you off, off air and talk about that program you have because we are building a program right now um, with social entrepreneurs, and I'd love you to be involved. Yeah, I'd love to have that conversation. That'd be awesome. Great. Ray, since you're leaving us soon, the show that is, not the, well, um, not even the show, you're just <laughs> disappearing from this episode, didn't want to put any, yes. you know, negative vibes out <laughs> well, there. I, I do have a question that I think is important. What, David, what is the one thing that you advise someone who is looking for a new franchise opportunity? Run as fast as possible. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, <laughs> that's that's uh, what all know, my like relatives a, told me when I told them I was doing it 15 years ago. They looked at me, they looked at me straight in the eye, and they said, "Are you nuts?" You said, "Yeah." Well, now I can um, look them straight in the eye. So go ahead. That's right. You know, I think I would. The one thing I would think is make sure that it like really aligns with who you are. Um, you know, because I think sometimes people will go out and, you know, I hope I'm not bashing somebody in the wrong way by saying this, but I think somebody will go out, right, and they say, gosh, you know, I'm a great cook, so I'm going to go buy this restaurant concept. And then all of a sudden they spend half a million dollars or locked into a nine-year lease. They have to have, you know, 75 employees, you know, and, and make a 2% profit margin or whatever. I mean, it's just – you know, and, and they realize, well, that's just not, not it. That's not something I want to do. So I think people need to really take the time, even if they go through assessments or go through uh, some sort of a process, uh, to analyze what the perfect fit for them is. You know, what type of lifestyle are they looking for? Um, because I think it's a shame when somebody buys into the wrong concept or the wrong brand. And, you know, and it's not the brand, right? It's, it's them. It's, they're the wrong person for that brand. Um, but it's because they jumped on the opportunity a little bit too quick. So um, as much as I hate to say this being a franchise development, you know, take your time, right? I mean, go slow. Uh, it's all about the, the relationship. Look at a couple of brands that fit your profile that you have some interest in. Um, you know, are you looking for, you know, are you looking for a lifestyle? Or are you looking for a job? You know, honestly, I think a lot of franchise brands out there, um, you, you're buying a job. Who wants to buy a job? Um, you know, so I, I think you just really need to consider what's really important to you and what type of lifestyle uh, do you want to have. My, me, for one, I would not, you know, be in a restaurant brand. I mean, it's just too too much stress and hassle. Um, so 
hope that answered the question. <laughs> and any of the restaurant sponsors you have for your show, they might bail. Now stop apologizing for that. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you just wiped out a whole bunch oh, of yeah. franchisors, but, you know, nothing. But there is you won't get any of them in, in the high achievability. So, right, right, right. We're, we're going to reveal that. Yeah, you really have the right franchise for your personality. There's no, no doubt about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean that's All right, yeah. that's the key. I mean, what what type of lifestyle do you want, and will that brand meet meet that lifestyle that you're looking for? All right. One, one so of the things about- that that made me switch before you uh, go interject there, Fred. It, uh, and what I was the way I was thinking is somebody asked me, "Do you want to work in the franchise or on the franchise, or in the business or mm-hmm. on the business?" And that made me open up my thinking a lot differently than it had been. So I just want to interject that. Go ahead, Fred. Sorry. All right. So to me, that sounds like you want to work in the toilet or on the toilet, but we won't go into that one. Um, (laughs) I would go for own, by the way, just to be clear. (laughs) I do some of my best work on rather than in. Never mind. Um, Touch potty. Yeah, but your mind is always where. In the clouds. I live in California, remember? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So we, we need to move on okay. to our, our next guest. So the, I'll ask – Ray, do you want to ask your normal last question, or do you want me to do it? No, I can do that. So I think the most important part about having guests on is how do we get a hold of you? I mean, how does our audience get a hold of you if they're interested in either your franchise or becoming – you know? a client of yours? The best way to get a hold of me is to go to highachieversfranchise.com. A little chat box will pop up and just say, hey, I'd like to talk to David. Just chat in. Somebody will answer, and and they'll connect us uh, in the right way. That's the – because, you know, I'm not that great at answering phone calls because I travel so much. But if you do that, uh, my team will get it to me, and uh, we can have a conversation. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned, like, you know, how do you, like, would work with us as well. You know, although obviously we are looking for franchisees, uh, but really we're looking to empower the local business owner. You know, so if you're listening to this and you're a local business owner and you're frustrated, you're stuck, uh, you want to figure out how to get unstuck, uh, you know, call us and let's have a conversation. You know, maybe we can help. Maybe we can't, but, you know, at least we can have the conversation, you know, and see if there's something we can do uh, to help you. Uh, grow your business in the right way in your local area. Awesome. All right. And if you so, want to buy a franchise, that is okay. We will we will be okay with that if it happens. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> so we'll bring David back. Um, one comment is I'm watching the the chat on the uh, PillarsOfFranchising.com and want to say hello to the multiple international. Uh, listeners there so um yeah david you definitely are at least in south america right now um so awesome we'll bring david back in a bit and we will say hello to allison alvarez of blast point hi allison, hi thank how you, you doing so much today? for having me i really appreciate it <laughs> so where are you and what's the weather like um, I am in lovely Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, we actually saw the sun today, which was amazing. It's, it's a big orb in the sky if you haven't seen it before. Um, and 
it, it was very lovely. It's gone now. It's very gray. Um, but, you know, if you're a vampire, this is definitely the city for you. Ooh, Pittsburgh, the vampire capital of America. No comment. Ooh, right, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, Cincinnati's the turkey capital of the world, of America, so turkeys and vampires, it works. <laughs> Holly, do you want to take the next question? Sure, sure. Allison, oh, wow, you, you've done a lot in your life. Can you tell us a little bit about this latest adventure you're on? Um, yeah, so I am um, the CEO and one of the founders of Blast Point. And our whole mission in life is to bring uh, site selection and customer analytics solutions to people uh, who are building emerging brands. So the solutions out on the market might be too expensive or they might, they might require a data scientist and nobody has time for that. So the whole idea is to put real analytics um, real insights directly into people's hands. And we serve a lot of different industries, um, but uh, franchising and retail are one of my favorites. Fantastic. And you have a really strong background, obviously, um, in tech. Um, and, and, you know, we said no nerd jokes, but I'm just going to go there. Well, I don't have any. So maybe you can tell us a nerd joke. <laughs> I, I, so, uh, yeah, I'm a proud nerd, um, and, uh, you know, I, I, really, I really love reading um, uh, all kinds of data. I love um, just digging up new sources of information and figuring out how to use them. Um, and it's, like, things that normally people would find really boring, like uh, uh, bank branch records. But really, my whole goal in life is to figure out how to hold that, turn that into gold for other people. Um, and, you know, if you know about the financial health of an area, what does that say for uh, you if you want to locate a business there? Um, and, you know, I will say that, like, I, I am a nerd, but I'm also someone, um, especially when I was in, you know, elementary and middle school, I really struggled personally with math. Um, and I think a lot in pictures. And really? so... The reason I build the tools that I build is because I'm almost building them for my past self. Um, and the whole reason I got good at this analytics stuff is because I learned about computers. And with computers, you don't have to carry the one yourself. You can make your robots do that. Um, and that's, that's what I love about being in this industry is that I have all this cool technology and I can set it to work for myself and I can set it to work for my customers. And that's what I find really great about my job. Okay, oh, so fantastic. how do you know the moon is going broke? The moon? It's down to its okay, last okay. quarter. Oh, oh, okay. There, we got, no, we, got a, we got a nerd joke. Thank you for filling me in, Fred. That was a good one. Wow. I love it. Hey, I understand so you, nerd um, jokes. You were, you're a computational linguist, a software engineer. You've had, you've done, you've managed departments. You've, um, implemented company-wide systems and tracking you 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 advise ceos on products you developed hiring standards consulted for databases technical development i mean truly your background perfectly suits you for, to be the ceo and co-founder of this new company blast point and so so tell me what your goals are in the next um year what what do you hope to accomplish allison with, with blast point Boy, we have a full docket this year. So, you know, there's, there's the obvious stuff. And I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you probably identify with this, which is just, I need to grow my business. So I need as many customers as possible. That's what keeps me up at night. Um, and that's what I think about every day is how can I bring value, serve people better, find more customers. 
Um, there's a lot of things that we're working on just building products. Um, I think the biggest thing right now is we have a system that can do predictive behavioral analytics. So understanding not only who your customers are, but who's going to buy certain products and services and figuring out how to turn that into a product that I can just give to my customers so they can discover these things for themselves. So not only knowing, um, you know, who's going to be your customer, but who's going to be your best customer, where are they going to come from? Um, who are they going to be? And how can you find more like them? Um, that's the product we're working on right now. Um, and it has applications all over different industries. Um, right now, some pieces of it are being used in utilities um, to help people, uh, uh, help utilities convince people to do e-billing, to figure out um, who the, where their next potential customers are going to come from and the economic upside. But it's the exact same math for franchises and retail. And I'm really excited about turning this into just a, a button-clicking product that will get you what you need. Do you have, have you developed any AI um, with it and bots uh, for, for the, the whole method that you're using here? Yeah, so it's, a lot of the system is based on um, artificial intelligence, stuff that automatically adjusts um, as your situation adjusts. Um, so I come from a banking analytics background. So my, you know, one of the, the jobs I've had in the past is designing solutions for compliance in banks. So all that means is, like, if Osama bin Laden shows up at your bank and wants a checking account, you don't give it to them. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that requires understanding the regulatory systems in lots of different countries um, and understanding uh, the potential out there. But also, whatever decision you make for an individual, especially if they're not Osama bin Laden, but maybe they have, you know, like a name in common, um, you know, understanding who is not a target and getting them out of your system as quickly as possible. Um, and that means everything that you do has to be auditable. Um, and that means every system I build um, has that sort of audible piece of it. And that just means that whenever the system makes a decision, you know exactly why it chose what it chose. Um, and this is just to sort of get my customers ready for potential regulatory insight that might be coming from Europe to here. I just want to be prepared. So um, part of that, uh, you know, there's the right to be forgotten um, that's in the GDPR regulations, but there are also regulations about um, if you have an algorithm in your business that makes a decision about me, I need to know what that is. Um, and it's really important that my customers, exactly, if their customers, like everyone's really nervous about analytics. And what I don't want any of my customers to experience is making their own customers uncomfortable. Um, and so all the AI solutions we build are sort of centered around, I don't know, friendly AI, AI is where you know what's going on. Uh, and that's the, the really important thing. That's awesome. Because that is an area of concern right now, for sure, with the regulations mm -hmm. that are coming through. I mean, there is there, privacy is um, all but disappeared. Um, so, so where, where do we, where do those lines go? And, and, you know, I, I think they're going to continue to be blurred as time goes. And I think it'll be continued to be pushed just from, you know, the, the information that's been out there and, and obviously the news, but also in the scientific world. So a cop pulls, yep, okay. cop pulls, Heisen, cop pulls Heisenberg over and asks him, how fast were you going? Heisenberg replies, no. But I know where I am. But I'm bump. Sorry, you got to know quantum physics to make that one funny. I love that one. <laughs> I do too. I mean, that's a that's a, that's good. Sorry. Oh my God. For those of us who are nerds, I understand I all the nerd jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> okay, now we're at AI. Man, that's a scary topic. I just keep seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger coming through my door, and that just scares the crap out of me. Um, we are not building Skynet. I'm just going to put that out there. You don't have to. Somebody else does, and it all connects. But again, we don't want to go there. Um, what What was the old phrase? Um, artificial intelligence is no match for natural stupidity. Um, but that's beside the, the the point. So let me ask this: What franchising? What franchise industries are you working right with right now? Um. So. We do a lot of health and wellness brands. I think that's been a real sweet, sweet spot for us. Um, we've been doing um, lots of pet concepts, um, you know, uh, anywhere from putting, uh, you know, uh, dog houses that people can rent temporarily while they're going into a restaurant uh, to doggy daycare. Um, I've got a lot of um, smaller restaurant-oriented brands, especially things that are sort of in the snack food area like donuts. Um, and we also have education clients. Um, and those are some of my favorites because it's just such an industry, industry, and there's a lot of challenges around, you know, finding and, and maintaining uh, a, uh, a, a customer bases when it comes to education. And students who are going to always grow up and they're going to leave, they're not going to be repeat customers the way you might in the beauty business. So how do you find your next people and how do you keep that churning? Well, yeah, David pissed off all the um, restaurant clients, so never mind. Um. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I've got Go a joke for you. Two chemists, Go. two chemists walk into a bar. The first says, I'll have some H2O. The second says, I'll have some H2O, too. What happens to the second one, Allison? Uh, H2O, too. <laughs> he dies. <laughs> All right. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> so, so Allison, when we talk about artificial intelligence, Bad you know, I joke. obviously that's, I know I'm, it, it was a nerd joke, whatever, you know, Fred, you should be laughing. Um, yeah, but bad nerd <laughs> jokes are still bad. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That was a good joke. I thought it was funny. Did you think it was funny, Allison? I liked it. I was like trying to remember what, I was like trying to remember my high school chemistry and be like, uh, is that hydroxide? I can't remember what it is. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So, so artificial intelligence, as we know, you know, obviously we're seeing it through computers and other systems, you know, as, as we are evolving, you know, uh, technically as an intellectual species. Um, so what do you think the risks of AI in this sort of work that you're doing could be? And what do you see like future legislation um, impacting any of this, and and you just tell us um, your your take on all of that, Allison. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of upside to AI, obviously, because that's why you know that's why I'm doing it. Um, and there's a lot of things to potentially be learned. I think the the biggest potential downside is maintaining customer trust around data, um, because you know we are all our customers. Um, you know, and if you're a franchisor, you're, you're looking at your franchisees. And if you're a franchisee, you're worrying about your customers. Um, and I think maintaining trust in an AI regime um, is sort of the most tricky and the riskiest part. Um, you know, there's, there's certainly things like data breaches. I think there's a lot of common sense things you can do to prevent those sorts of things. Um, so setting that aside, I think you know, if your customers know that you're using AI algorithms, maybe to determine your, your product mix or something else, um, there are some populations of customers who are going to be 
fine with that, not even blink at it. But there are going to be other customers, and especially if you're, you know, have certain concepts that, you know, require a really strong relationship with your end customer, you know, like especially those, those health-oriented startups, um, you want to make sure that you're being really careful about how you're using data in your franchise. You're being really pr protective and respectful of it. If you can, you're doing something that's called pseudo-anonymization. So pseudo-anonymization is sort of taking off the personally identifiable information, so names and addresses, and you can do lots of analytics even without that. Um, you know, our system will do it automatically um, just so if you're dealing with something that you think is sensitive that will make people have feelings about you potentially using that data, um, you have options that are sensitive to what your end customer feels. Yeah, that, that's excellent. I mean, um, you, you obviously know about frontiers and, you know, the big, big data complementing, um, obviously, uh, artificial intelligence. And, you know, the, the hypothesis-driven research moves the big data from, you know, fishing expeditions to an, an intelligent query, you know, of assembled facts. And, and there is companies like yours are, and, I, and I'm, I'm plugging for you big time, it's, you are making all of the difference when it comes to um, cost. You know, I mean, think think about you know audience that you know may not be familiar with this, our listeners right now. You cast this wide net trying to find your customers. You know, we we, we move from that to you know the, the targeting gets a little more targeted with things like um, you know um, demand side programming, et cetera, and we start layering. Um, layering your approach of, okay, you're looking at a Forbes magazine, you're reading about franchising, we're going to flash this ad up here. So, so we get a little bit better and a little bit better. Um, mm -hmm. But now mm -hmm. by laying artificial intelligence in, into this, we are now fine-tuning this process of finding our customers in a way that is completely unprecedented. And it is so cost-effective that literally franchisees, you know, around the globe in their own individual local marketing they think this is so expensive and they can't possibly afford it, but they can't afford not to do it. It will save them mm -hmm. so much money and really grow their databases. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the Was there a question you always think about. Shut up, Fred. So, like, I'm going to segue into one of my favorite topics, honestly. Thank you. Um, which is segmentation. Um, and I know, See, like, Fred. marketing is the magic word. Um, but honestly, like, you can't market effectively if you don't know who your audience is. And, you know, with some of my, 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 my brands that I work with, you might ask them at first, like, who's your target customer? And some of them say everybody. Um, Every, and if your oh, target yeah. customer is everybody, that's the same as nobody. Um, because, it, you know, nobody, <laughs> it, <laughs> nobody's target customer is everybody, not even Coke or McDonald's. And they might serve a bunch of different little populations, but they don't serve everybody necessarily. Um, and so anytime they put out an ad campaign or they, you know, do a marketing push, it's aimed at a specific group of people um, because people are more likely to hear if you're talking to them directly and they feel like you're speaking their language. Um, and so understanding exactly who your customer is is a part of sort of understanding tech segmentation. And segmentation is just, taking the whole world out there and dividing them into groups any way you want. Um, so demographics is the classic way to do it. But it could even be like what kind of transportation does that person use? Are they mainly a bus rider or, you know, are they, they people who live inside their cars? Um, are they 
um, you know, people who live in a big house or in a small urban apartment. Um, and knowing that um, will help you understand not only, you know, what product mix you have for what location, um, it'll help you understand how to formulate your ad campaigns. You'll understand, um, you know, exactly how to talk to people where they are because Facebook is like the greatest thing since sliced bread for talking to most populations out there. It's amazing. And Facebook has tons of different tools. So you can slice and dice the population however you want. Um, you know, and I know for one of our customers, one of the things we discovered was the people that they needed to talk to were actually voters. The voters just aligned really well um, with the product mix that they had um, and the particular out outreach they were doing. And it's one of the things that Facebook knows is you're a likely voter. And honestly, the thing we were pushing had nothing to do with voting. Um, it was just like these people, uh, you know, mm -hmm. are people who like doing a little bit of extra paperwork. Um, and it just aligned with what they're doing a little bit better. Um, so, well, uh, you know, I think it's super critical to know your, your, know your people. Right, the cost per Allison, you got the cheers. <laughs> Marketing. <laughs> the cost per acquisition, um, obviously, it can be, you know, massively reduced with, with what you're proposing. And not just the start of the layer segmentation, but using, like you said, you know, AI to, to track that and define that. You're taking out, you know, I hate to say it, the human element, but at the same time, wow, you can put those people in much much more effective positions in analyzing the data and creating and creating the movement for that company. Um, yeah, great answer to that. I think Fred so wants to do a commercial. Is that we're <laughs> not going to take people out of this, this uh, process. I think people are kind of vital to it. And it's probably because, it's because computers don't do everything really well right now. I think humans are really a lot better at than, uh, than computers at, for example, sensing patterns. And, like, that's a huge thing when figuring out where to put your next franchise territory or location. So it's not just about marketing. It's about, you know, I think every franchisor dreams of taking over not only the United States but the whole planet. Um, and the way you do that is by figuring out, you know, what your A, B, and C markets are and attacking them accordingly. And if you don't have that human element in the loop, you might lose a little bit. Because the, the AI system, it's, 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 it might not quite be exactly what you want. And it's good to have a person that's like, I don't know about that. Um, but it, it definitely cuts down on, like, I need to go look at all of the Atlanta area. And, does, you know, and if you're looking at Atlanta, Clayton County is a lot different than Fayette County and Cobb County. Um, and understanding which one is the right fit for exactly where you are is going to save you a lot of time and heartbreak and, you know, potentially, um, you know, lose franchisees because they're not putting things exactly where they need to go. So... What I would tell you is every presentation on marketing I've ever done, I've always asked how many of you in the audience, if I said your, your customer base is anyone, how many would you raise your hands? And I always get 95% plus, at which point my comment is, uh, okay, assume that every lead you generate is going to cost you 10 bucks. How many of you have $64 billion for marketing? And the only response I've ever gotten was, no, it's actually $7.5 billion. And I said, okay, so how many of you have $75 billion in a marketing budget? No one's ever raised their hand, but everyone has agreed that if they ever get somebody who does have that much of a marketing budget, they'll send them to me. So before we go next to the next spot, we will actually go ahead and remind people they can dial in at 323-580-5755, or they can uh, chat on 
the pillars of franchising website. And now we'll take a, another commercial, assuming I can get to the right one, because the applause threw me off. But here we go. Zarian Firm International Business Brokers is truly unique in the business resale space. While the average business broker uses one standard multiplier across all businesses and industries to value a business, Zarian Firm is the only business brokerage that looks at the five factors of distinction in each individual business. This gives our sellers a true value and our buyers a fair price. Zarian offers sellers the choice of three marketing packages based on how quickly they want to sell their business. But all of our businesses sell 33% faster than the industry norm. Zarian Firm International Business Brokers connects premium investors with validated business opportunities. And we're back. So, Allison, um, given that uh, David, our first guest, is an emerging franchisor, what questions should he be asking himself if he wants to boost sales? So I, actually, I just want to say I love David's concept. Um, I think it's really interesting. There's a huge, huge need for it. Um, and uh, I really like that it's business-oriented because I feel like there's a gap in the market for that kind of thing. Um, I guess the thing I'd I, I maybe say to David um, is uh, there's lots and lots of different types of businesses out there. Um, and there's some that probably need you more than others. Um, I'm in a tech company, and I get lots and lots of mentoring. But I know in, in my neighborhood alone, there are tons of people, particularly people in the trades, who have nothing like this. They don't have the same sort of um, support and mentoring. And so I'd say um, look at the customers you have right now. Understand, um, you know, even if you have to break it down to the, the NAICS code, so that's like, you know, one of the, the ways of, uh, for those of you who don't know, it, it, if you know a thick code, it's essentially the same thing. It basically breaks down what industry a customer is in. And if you can find patterns, um, that'll help you understand exactly who your next customer is. But like the B2B space for franchising is super interesting, and I, I think it's, it's a really great idea. Okay, so what question should he ask himself if he wants to increase sales? Um, so I'd say the biggest thing, so for, for sales, you mean like to franchisors, right? Um, yeah. Or franchisees. Um, so you want to find new franchisees. So I, I think what I, what I would ask is sort of what's my regional strategy? So um, do I want to stay in the Southeast or is it, do I want to even stay in the United States? Um, I would probably say yes. Um, but inside the United States, there's lots of different places that have very different business landscapes. And I sort of try and understand what my base factors for success are, and I'd figure out what my next regional plan of attack is going to be based on where I see those success factors coming up most. And I, I don't know what they could be for his business. Um, it, it's going to be really personal, but uh, I, I'm betting he has a pretty good idea, and I'm betting it, it's all stuff that can be applied across the surface of the country. Holly, jump in there. Excellent. So, so let's look at your future. Uh, what do you expect this company is going to do in the next five years? Let's jump ahead uh, with AI and let's let's play let's play a little Twilight Zone. Tell us what it's going to look like in five years. I mean, 
what, one of the places where I'd really like to be um, is, uh, you know, have a system you can upload, at, like, because this is where I'm expecting the future to be for, for every business, is everyone's going to have excellent data about their customers and have excellent data about their sales. Um, and I know for some franchises out there, that's a very tall ask. Um, so, like, part of my future is, like, everybody's got great data. Um, and the second that you have that great data, what I want to have is a system that basically you can put that data in there and you can press a button and it will tell you exactly what your marketing mix should be. And not only does it do that, it will help, it will drop that marketing plan and you can just place it. Um, so it will basically say, okay, um, for this campaign, here are the people who are most likely to take it up. Um, your best place is going to be digital marketing. Um, you know, it's going to be, because, you know, who knows if Facebook's going to be around in five years? It'll be uh, Facebook Prime or whatever, you know, because it's going to be half Amazon Prime and half Facebook. Um, uh, and, uh, it's, you know, it'll place an ad directly on that, um, whatever the future holds. Um, maybe it's brain vision. Um, and uh, you, you get to your exact people that you want, um, and you have a way of putting that message, messaging together that's really compelling. So maybe you know a little bit extra about those customers. So not only do you know how to reach them, but maybe you know, hey, uh, this set of customers really likes donating to environmental causing, uh, causes. So you might say, hey, go green, do this particular thing. Um, and so you know not only where to say it, who you're saying it to, but what to say. Um, and I really want that to be at everybody's fingertips at, in an instant. That's fantastic. Um, so when I was at um, Tony Robbins Business Mastery a few years back, or actually it was a year and a half ago now, um, you know, we talked a lot about AI. Enough. You knew I was going to do it. Um, fascinating, fascinating um, discussion, um, a huge segment on that, you know, and, and of course, seeing artificial intelligence, you know, it, that the, the, bio, the biometrics on individuals and all of that, I mean, it, it's going to be to the point where, um, and I'd like to hear, you know, your imagination on this, too, um, you know, that they, it's going to be able to regulate the body. So, so technically, you could tap into the data of somebody that has um, a health-related issue just by uh, the tracking that will be on all human genomes. So technically, uh, a, you know, a health and marketing, you know, healthcare company or a senior care company could know exactly their audience just from this data from this gene pool. I know it sounds kind of scary, but I think we'll get used to it just like we got used to cell phones, quite frankly. Um, what, what are some of the maybe more unique um, ways of tracking that you might see in the future. Yeah, so, um, you know, one of my fellow startups here in Pittsburgh um, uh, is creating a sensor so it will know exactly when your shampoo bottle is empty. Um, and so uh, basically you can get shipped immediately the next product that you need without even having to go into the store. Um, so I guess, like, one way to think about that is, you know, sort of these shifts of what's going on is, like, uh, you know, brick and mortar concepts versus non brick and mortar concepts in franchising. Um, and basically if you have store locations, um, how can I leverage that in the future? And what's that going to mean for the services that I offer, um, you know, uh, uh, via my franchises. So, you know, things like automatic delivery um, and, you know, things that tie directly into uh, customers, home life and experiences, it might be something you want to think about, sooner rather than later because the stuff takes time to get in place. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, really exciting. So 
Why does so, a burger have less done. energy than a steak? Oh, no. <laughs> a burger is in its ground state. But I'm bumped. I was going to okay. say it was ground. <laughs> it was grounded. So give us some dirt on your partner, Tomer. He's been a past guest, so, you know, um, I threatened him with this. So give us some dirt on Tomer. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so. <laughs> so Ooh, um, sounds like there's a whole lot there. No, it's funny. Um, uh, he's the best. I just want to say that, like, uh, I've been working with Tomer for the last three years. We didn't know each other prior. Um, I'm about – 10 years older than him. Um, and um, I, I'd honestly say that he's one of my best friends. And it's, uh, he also has the best dog in the world. Um, his name is Bug. And um, <laughs> Bug has occasionally been our office dog, although he, he has a lot of feelings about a lot of things. Um, so, uh, you know, like, uh, I, I'd say, uh, man, I can't do that to Tomer. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Okay, I mean, all right. So with that, no, Allison, we we got to remind you though, like we said at the beginning of the show, what can we not talk about? And you didn't say we couldn't talk about Tomer. So (laughs) it's more like Tomer is like a fairly reliable, straightforward dude. So it's like it's I'm like I can't even like like me pausing here, being like I can't even think of anything. Oh. Other than like. He has a very cute, very bug-eyed dog. Um, <laughs> oh, well, if I had to live on that it's insult, definitely I'd commercial die. time for you, right? <laughs> yeah, it's time for commercial yeah. time. You can, you can ask questions at pillarsoffranchising.com or dial in at 323-580-5755. Sorry to the couple of callers we lost because you didn't stand long enough to ask your questions. And here's a word from... Our last sponsor, at least I think so. Ever wonder how successful business people get educated about franchise business options? The Franchise Consulting Company is a group of over 100 franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years of franchise experience. We help our clients select and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of the Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest-reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com, or feel free to call us on 800-321-6072. And as a note with our deal with uh, Nick, you can also go to the pillarsoffranchising.com, fill out the form, and we will make sure you get the franchise MBA. As Nick said, it's a 2,000-year-old book. No, I'm sorry, there's, that he's 2,000. Never mind. Um, it's all good. I get confused with numbers. <laughs> Life is good, folks. Life is good. Besides franchises, who else do you work with? Um, so we work in the transportation sector, the utility sector. Um, I also have uh, customers, lots and lots of nonprofits. Um, this last year, we've actually been making enough money that they've now been free customers. So they, they went from paying a small amount to paying nothing. Um, so for nonprofits, we help them understand their impact, um, understand where 
um, they can find potential clients. So, for example, one of our, our nonprofit customers used our system to uh, fill out a special needs daycare. Um, so understanding who nearby and what neighborhoods would have the most kids to help fill that out. Um, we've had uh, other nonprofits use our opioid data to help advocate to their neighborhood that indeed they did need um, a rehab center, even though people didn't want that in their backyard, but they were able to show with data, hey, the number of deaths in this area doubled in the last year. This stuff is really serious. Um, and, and as a result, they were able to place the treatment center where, where it needed to go. Um, so uh, we also uh, work with economic development, so helping um, cities, counties, um, uh, locales attract and retain uh, businesses, especially high-tech businesses. Any kind of business um, is going to have well-paying jobs that are going to help out a region. Okay, so then why can't you trust Adams? <laughs> why not? They make up everything. Sorry, never mind. Oh, I like that one. I'm going to keep that one. <laughs> Go ahead, Holly. I know. How can I top joke. that? Really? You can't, but okay. that's okay. Well, you know, I can try, right? Can I try to top that? Let's see if I can come up with a, a joke here. So, um, I can't. I won't. I'll sound like a nerd, and then you'll know I'm really a nerd, and it'll be really all over. So, so yeah. Um, but Allison, um, when when we're talking about you know the future of you know this this concept that you're doing or whatever, have you had any um, kickback on some of the things that we discussed right now? Sort of, you know, the privacy or or um, just really honestly, I think understanding the cost structure. I mean, obviously, you know, you charge for your program um, and and the value uh, that that it delivers. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and how that's gone and how you. How you've monetized this concept and 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 what the what the kickback may have been in that area? Sure. So we're we're a subscription service, and one of the reasons that I really like retail and franchise um, uh, as an industry to be in is because y'all make decisions really quickly. Um, like you're you're very real about um, what you do and do not like about my system. Um, and you know, if we get kickback, um, it's because. People really like the system that they're doing right now, and sometimes it might just be pen and paper. And if that's the case and that's what you're comfortable with, then maybe you're not my customer, and that's okay. It doesn't mean even that you're doing anything wrong. Um, and, uh, you know, for us, it's just who can we service, who can we provide the most value to? And if you're not going to use us, um, you know, uh, every month of the year because you're just not growing fast enough, then, like, call me when you are, um, and I'd love to talk. Love it. I've got one. I've got one for Fred. Hey, Fred, two atoms are walking along. One of them says, oh, no, I think I lost an electron. Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. Yeah, that's an old one. Okay, so if we're going to do that, how many theoretical <laughs> physicists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Two, one to hold the bulb and one to, to rotate the universe. Um, so, Allison, <laughs> I remember – reading something that you guys uh, helped uh, complaints what does about the subatomic duck say quark quark, quark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's okay. and now back to I, pillars I of win. franchising <laughs> um but i knew the answer didn't i um so I remember yeah, seeing something that you, 
I remember reading something that you guys helped the pet care franchise um, increase their sales by like 10 times. Um, A, is that true? B, how did you guys, what was it that you had that helped them grow that much? Sure. Um, and I can talk about who this was specifically. Um, that's the dog shop. Um, so they do doggy daycare. Um, they do pet training. Um, and they also do, um, they have a, a retail uh, store within their um, locations. And they went to five um, to well past 60 locations um, using our system. Um, and one of the things we were able to add, add to their sales process that we think was unique is that all of our stuff is in real time. And we load our systems up with lots and lots of data that just comes with a subscription. So the dog stuff had special data that we put in the system, which is one thing that we do for our customers. So they have data on how many dogs are owned in the area, how much people spend on dog food, dog treats, doggy daycare, um, you know, pet services in general. Um, but we also have lots and lots of extra data um, about um, how people commute, um, what their commute times are like, um, uh, how much people make, um, how much people have a disposable income, so you can look at um, a proportion of uh, their income that they spend on their rent, so you can see who has extra disposable income, because if you've ever owned a pet, they require a lot of disposable income. And so um, we've been able to be a part of their sales process, so if a franchisee has a question on the spot, they're able to go into our system and say, okay, with this territory that you'd be, that you, you know, you'd be getting at, gaining in our system, here's exactly how many people meet that criteria that you just mentioned. Um, and that way, uh, you know, we can help our customers be nimble and just help people. Um, so I guess one of the things I've learned about uh, selling franchise territories is that you can have an identical footprint to another franchise concept, but if you can tell a franchisee just more about what they're getting, they're just more likely to be comfortable with buying your concept as opposed to somebody else's. And it's just because it's just a little less risky because they know what they're getting a little bit more. A photon checks into a hotel. The bellhop asks, can I help you with your luggage? Photon replies, I don't have any. I'm traveling light. Ding, ding, ding. I'm traveling Sorry. light. Got him. Got him. You heard me. Oh, my gosh. I love that it's all physics question, uh, Physics jokes, man. This is amazing. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, you didn't know what you were in for today, did you? <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel like I'm seeing something special, so I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, we are right? special. We, we okay, all ride in the yellow, little yellow. Have you ever heard of a new band? Bar. Have you ever heard of a new band called 1023 MB? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not surprised that they don't have any gigs yet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. It's really getting deep in here. But that's okay, folks. We are (laughs) pillars of – we've gone from pillars of franchising to pillars of nerd jokes. Yes, it's all a good thing. So – Oh, we're um, we're having fun. We're having fun, and that's the whole goal of this. So um, one of the reasons I actually do this is I'm in love with a a, a, – young woman. Um, she's about 18 months old and, and she giggles and she makes my heart go pity pat and it's my granddaughter Addison. So my question to you as a woman in business, um, what advice would you give to Addison uh, on how to be successful in business or what she has to watch out for in, in business? Ooh, yeah, I know a deep one. Didn't expect that one, did you? 
Yeah, no, I like it. So I, I, I have an eight-year-old daughter, and uh, she has her own candy store. Um, so she has, like, a little candy stand. There's a bus stop in front of our house. And uh, one of her favorite things to do during the summer is put the candy stand out there. Um, and that's, like, that's how she gets a lot of her pocket money. Um, so, you know, I, I have a child with an entrepreneurial streak in her. Um, and so I think about this a lot. Um, and um, the world is changing, um, and hopefully for the better, some days, I don't know. Um, but um, I guess what I'd say to her is um, be inevitable um, in whatever you do um, because no one can tell you no um, if you're the one who's selling and making money. Um, I've had lots of investors tell me that uh, they don't know about my business. They don't, um, you know, they don't necessarily want to invest or you know, uh, people who don't necessarily want to support us. And the way you prove people wrong is you sell things. Um, and if you're making money, no one can tell you no. Um, and I, I, I'd say that probably applies to everybody. Um, but, you know, to anybody who's got a business concept out there and, you know, people are like, ah, I don't know. That doesn't sound right. I don't think that's a real business. Um, if, if you think they're wrong, go out there and prove them wrong. Um, and I've had to do that. I've seen lots of my friends do that. Um, I have friends who have a childcare business, so they provide childcare for events um, like uh, weddings, um, high school reunions, that kind of thing. But when they were trying to sell those to investors, a lot of them just didn't understand why it would matter having childcare, say, at a tech conference or um, you know at a at a community meeting. Um, and I think um, proving people wrong is what you got to do sometimes because not everybody understands what you're what you're trying because maybe they just don't have the same background and they don't have the same experience. But if, if you make money, that's the kind of thing that's inevitable. And, and that's how you win. Finally, uh, let me yeah. follow up with that. I, I love this. Um, let me ask you a question about you being a woman in business. You sound like, you know, you've had some experiences with investors and things like that. Have you had, have you had any, um, in your career, in your history, have you had any challenges that you felt were, were really, really difficult and, and had a hard time getting up and trying to overcome those challenges besides, you know, some of the things that you just alluded to it in, with investors? Yeah, like, I don't know if it's necessarily me being a woman, because um, you never know, because no one will tell you. It's like, hello, I, I am discriminating against you because you're a woman. So, so I, like, I never know. Um, and, uh, like the one thing I'd say that's, that's made us kind of fortunate is like being a software company. Um, I, I have less challenges than you do if you're selling an actual product. Um, so I don't like my stuff scales better. If I want to give away something for free, I don't have to manufacture it and ship it. Um, it makes my life a lot easier. I'd say the one thing that we've kind of struggled with is that we've got a little bit of a social message. So I like serving nonprofits. I like helping my community. Um, I don't. I don't just, like, making money is great. I'm going to not say that's wrong. Um, but I, I don't want it to be 100% of anything that I do. If I'm just here to extract money from the land, I would go to Wall Street. Um, and I could make good money on Wall Street. But, <laughs> right. but what I want to do is I want to build products that help people. And, you know, while I'm helping big utilities, I help small businesses. And while I'm helping small businesses, I help nonprofits for free. And I get to give them really similar solutions that has – you know, uh, uh, outcomes that are kind of different for each of these industries, but I can build these things and scale them so that I help lots of people. And I know some of my investors 
that's not their thing. Um, and one of the nice things about having, you know, a de- like the way I funded this company in the beginning was um, I got really good at pitch contests. And so our first $200,000 just came from me getting in front of a room and telling my story and having people listen. Um, but when you have cash in a business, the biggest thing it gives you is the power of no. And if I felt someone didn't support us in our mission and how we thought about the community and how we thought about our place in the world, if they didn't align with that, I've always had the power of no, which is, which is a luxury when you're running your own business. Um, and I'd say mm-hmm. um, that's been the one thing that I've been really grateful for because there are people who don't align with us and how we think we fit in the world. And if you don't, that's okay. Go invest in somebody else or go do your own thing. I'm not, no hard feelings at all. Um, but I'm not going to change who I am just for you. Good. That's awesome. You know, that's really kind of interesting because um, I've always thought that it's one of the hardest things to do is to sell, tell somebody, no, um, I'm not going to take you as a client. Or um, And uh, I, with a lot of the small business folks, it seems to be something that at the beginning they never do that. Um, and after a while, they finally figure out that they were that they're better off to at times to say no with to people who don't align. Um, what I've always found interesting is the number of people that really pisses off when you tell them no. And I always kind of enjoy <laughs> that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and I'm from Chicago. What can I say? I'll piss you off. If I can't do that, I'm not doing my job right. So um, we want to very soon. Uh, bring David back on and grill you both. Um, so my, I'll ask the normal Ray question since he's off raising awareness <laughs> of domestic violence. Um, what, how do people get a hold of you? Um, so we have a, a website. It's going to get more beautiful um, within the next month. Um, so we're, we're redesigning it right now, but it is blastpoint.io. Um, and uh if that's not clear enough, you can always Google us and a lot of things will come up. Um, we're also on Twitter um, at Blast Point Inc. Awesome. Great. Yeah. So, so go ahead. We are going to join the club and we're going to bring out, I don't, I don't have any more for her. I've got, well, I've got hundreds of questions for her. Like I really want to know what her biggest challenge was in building this, but we can, we can ask that for both, both of these individuals when they, when we bring David back on. All right. All right. So I followed your Twitter account. <laughs> my, my phone just told me that. That's awesome. We got to work on your Twitter account, by the way, but that's beside the point. So, David, say hello again. <laughs> Hi, Fred. By the way, this has been the most frustrating hour I've ever had. It's been awesome listening to Allison. I've already like texted her to see if we can talk and see how she can help my brand. But uh, not being able to share any of all my witty little ideas and jokes and thoughts throughout the conversation was incredibly frustrating. But, uh, but I'm, I'm over it now, and I'm over it because my mother actually just texted me and said, what a great show Pillars of Franchising is. So you have one more fan, and it's Mom. Well, Mom, we love her. <laughs> Mom, this is for you. Love 
first yes, 18 yeah, seconds of mom. So <laughs> was great. we always love our listeners. We always love. Holly, go ahead. You got the first question. All right. So, um, how do you how do you tell the te- the difference between a teacher and a chemist? How? Ask them to pronounce unionized. <laughs> I'm not a chemist. Oh, you guys didn't get that? All right, let's move on. Two chemists right, walked so into the bar. The first one no, was an H2O. The second one said, I'll have an H2O too. Did you get it this time? Yeah, but you didn't say and it the same way last time. The second chemist said, all right, whatever. I give up. I do have a question. So, so Allison, so Allison clearly, clearly I like – I'm sorry, go ahead. Go I'm for it. No, I, I was just, just saying clearly I have like fed this idea of these little jokes, and we're probably going to suffer for the rest of our time together. So my apologies <laughs> for the witty comment earlier. Yeah, see, there you so, go. Yeah, so, all your fault. Police, police officer stops Schrodinger. The cop <laughs> searches the car and says, did you know there's a dead cat in here? Schrodinger replies, well, I do now. <laughs> Man, I hated Schrodinger wave equa- doing Schrodinger wave wave, equage, wave equations in college. Those were not fun. Um, but shh, don't tell anyone. Yeah, David, come, what was your biggest challenge in building this new company that you have right now? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. There's, I mean, there's lots of challenges to building uh, any company. You know, it's funny. I always tell our members our entrepreneurial members are like, if you just like expect everything will go wrong and kind of have a plan in place to accommodate that, <laughs> then, uh, then you'll be Love okay. You'll, you'll make it. Uh, but I would say probably, you know, coming from this as a franchisee for basically two decades and a couple of different brands, building a franchise system now, you know, going through the, all the FDD work and the registrations and dealing with all the state regulators and, and everything else, um, it's it's like been three times as hard. It's cost three times as much money and taken three times as long uh, than I like ever uh, really thought. Now, in saying that, you know, I speak to my peers and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you like started franchising, you know, in December and you already have your first franchise. How did you consider that long?" But I mean, it's just I don't know. I, I would like to have twenty five franchises right now. So, you know, so I guess that's it. I mean, it was is this way harder than I anticipated? And it actually really gives me a very deep respect of the franchisor. You know, I think coming at it as a franchisee all these years, I just really, I mean, I kind of had an idea of what went on behind the scenes because I was on all the boards and committees and everything else. But, I mean, there's a lot of work happens on the franchisor uh, side of this to make it work right. It is. So in my book, the last chapter is called uh, Nobody Does It Better. It uses the colloquialism of James Bond in that um, that movie and uh, a nobody does it better franchise kind of follows some of the paths that I talked about earlier and the first mm-hmm. the first track being that very beginning and then and then a good franchise when they get into that two to four year mark will go back and really work on checking making sure that the people they brought on board are the ones that they're really, truly targeting and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, most franchises really, um, n- not most, but a lot of them overlook that step. And they continue to grow kind of on the trajectory that they first originally designed. 
But you said earlier that that was one of the things that you're going to be looking at now after eight mm-hmm. are sold, after 25. Um, and to me, that's a nobody does it better franchise. You, you've got an FDD that is um, congenial to both parties. You have you have um, a second phase, if you will, when you get to that 25 mark where you're, you already emphasized to us that you're going to really focus on support. And, and I just tell our listeners out there, if you're looking for something to invest in an emerging brand, everything that you said here, you know, of course, it could all not be true, but I, I definitely don't mm-hmm. believe that after seeing your bio. Um, I, I think this is a brand that would be great to invest in for our, for our audience out there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Allison, what's your biggest challenge in getting your business going? I mean, I guess, like, it's probably something that every single business owner feels, which is basically, like, building processes. And then then when you build the processes, not letting them fall to pieces within a month um, and actually maintaining them um, throughout the business. I think every single business owner goes through this where you're like, okay, okay, we're going to do this thing now. We're going to, you know, you, you over there, you're responsible for this. You over there, you're responsible for that. Um, you know, we will set up some meetings and we'll touch base and like making sure that everyone actually shows up to those meetings and is prepared and has the right stuff. Like I, you'd think like once you like, you know, set the rules, it's, everything would just happen. And, you know, I'm realizing how naive I was about that. And that, you know, I, I, I finally got like, I think a team where everyone's got ownership over pieces of the, of the company and everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone has their, their piece that they're in charge of. I'm seeing the pieces fall into place, but it took us three years to figure that out. And, you know, if I could go back in time, I'd hire a little bit differently. I'd make sure everybody I brought on board was really comfortable with acting independently. And I've realized, you know, like I'm the kind of person who's like, Oh, if I see something wrong, I'll just fix it. And I know there are people out there when they look at something they're like, oh, no, I can't fix it because I'm not in charge of that. Um, and they don't even ask. Um, and I'm realizing that, like, those, those people, I'm sure, are great in, most, in a lot of business settings. That might not be who I want when I'm in the process of growing my business, you know, and getting our first million in sales. Better, right. to, beg for, better to, to beg for forgiveness than to seek approval. Mm-hmm. An infectious disease walks into a bar. The barman says, we don't serve your type here. The disease replies, well, you're not a very good host. Ding, ding. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was a good one. All right. I'll give him that. So um, uh, you are not a very good host. <laughs> and these parasitical, uh, oh, I give up. Anyway, so Allison, you know, kind of um, – Banking on what you just said, uh, when when you talked about you know how you hire different as, as employees, um, I, that's that's really a critical component, obviously in franchisees, you know, and for our audience out there, we have so many um, individuals out there that are just starting a franchise, looking into it, and and employment has been notoriously one of the most difficult components, mm-hmm. getting the right hires, keeping the hires, keeping them incentivized. But it all really comes down to putting people where they belong on the bus, right? You know, getting them in the right seat um, and supporting them in their endeavors as well as they support you. Uh, I have a couple of employees right now that are so proactive. But, but what I like about them the most is that they take ownership of what they do. If they make a mistake, they're the first to own that. And, and you know what? Because they own it so quickly, as a company, as a collective whole, we move right by it. 
it means nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, we all make so many mistakes, but we do it as a whole. And I've noticed that over time, when you own those mistakes, they, these these girls and men they, they get stronger and stronger, um, and and the mistakes are less and less. And it's not because they're owning it; it's because they don't have the reserve now to maybe not try something. So if you have a culture mm-hmm. of people that will own their mistakes, then they're going to mm-hmm. be more service. They're going to be more um, impacting of the company. They're going to throw their ideas out, and then you have real collaboration. Is that your experience yes. as well? Yes, exactly. Girls and men? Girls and men? Yeah. yeah. Wow, if I said that, we'd get, I'd get hate mail. <laughs> really, girls and men? I thought it was women okay, and I'm men. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let, let's do it this way. Women and little boys. <laughs> That's fine. That, I'm used to That's hearing out of women's mouths. You're being mouth. fair and balanced. Exactly. Crime Thank you, David. <laughs> I like David. <laughs> hey, I have a okay. fan. That's great. At least one. Hey, your mom's a fan too, so you got two. Oh, two fans. That's right. Exit. <laughs> All well, right. We don't have much so. time left. So, what what are some of your thoughts? Going, sorry, Fred. I took your thunder. What are your summer thoughts going forward, Allison? Um, what what advice do you give to all of our listeners out there about what you're talking Ooh, about you. and about their businesses and business? <laughs> I really took it and their business ventures that they they are um, all looking into and and covering upon. Yeah, I'd say um, whatever you do, um, know who your customers are. And I'd say, like, some of my clients, um, they've stumbled onto populations of customers that are very lucrative. So, for example, um, I have a donut shop customer who has bodybuilders who are big fans. Um, but not everybody gets that lucky to stumble upon a niche um, that's, that's going to really pay off for them. And so I'd say be really strategic. Know your competitors really, really well in your space. And if, there are, if you think you have no competitors, you should think, why is nobody in business in this space? Is this a space where no one can make money? <laughs> so, um, you know, Good point. <laughs> understand who the, the, their customers are and zig where they zag. And the example I'll give for that um, that I always give is, like, if you ever go to a drugstore and you look on the shelf and you see, like, literally, like, four dozen different deodorants on that shelf, they're essentially the same product. They make you not think. Um, and the reason that they can all coexist in the same environment is because they have different customers. So this person who buys Axe body spray is not the same person who buys Arm & Hammer deodorant. And because those brands know who their customers are, they're able to coexist in a way where they all make money um, and they, they are able to talk directly to their customers um, and they're able to be profitable. And I'd say that you should look at that deodorant and think, who am I in this market compared to my competitors and, and where am I going to be where they're not? Yeah, I've used Great both. Advice. Yeah, Maybe I've used both. It always depends both. on which one I, I see first. That. Sometimes I use one on one armpit, one on the other. So David, same question to you. Actually, before I jump into that question, I want to acknowledge you know, Allison, I think what you're doing is really amazing. Uh, you know, I, I actually had a science degree in college that I've never used a day in my life. 
but you know, I, I always read about artificial intelligence and AI and, and, and everything and data analytics and all that stuff. I'm, I kind of geek out on it a little bit. Uh, I would never admit that publicly. Wait, I just did. Um, just did. But anyways, I think what you're doing is really, really <laughs> incredible. Um, and I think it's going to be very impactful, you know, moving forward for brands uh, to understand that because, you know, what you were saying, and I guess this kind of answers the question. Uh, I'm in agreement with what she said, you know, it's important to know your target market. You know, it's important to, to have a niche space. It's important, you know, to be completely focused on, on what you're doing uh, as a company. And, you know, the right data analytics can make all that work uh, in the right way and make it work better. So, you know, hats off to you and, and what you're doing. I actually feel a little bit smarter just because I was on this webinar for the last two hours. So, uh, Fred, I'll deny that, but, you know, you can't use that as a testimonial, but, you know, I, I just said it. There you go. Well, it's in the transcript. I'm just going to milk that. Oh, boy. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Okay, on that one, I want to thank our guests, David Alexander and Allison Alvarez. Uh, it's been a great show. We've had lots of great nerd jokes, and we've talked about data analytics and and how do businesses can up their game. Uh, we'll be back next week, same pillars of franchising time, same pillars of franchising station. Until then, have a profitable and enjoyable week. Awesome. Bye-bye. Thank you.